not manslight me or manslight me. Hello and welcome back to Misandry with Marsha and Ray. I'm Marsha Belsky. I'm Ray Sani. We're so happy to have all of you lovely misandrists back with us this week. We've had a big week. Ray had her first full week at the President Show on Comedy Central. My first full week with the announcement out. Yes. So I can tell people. Yes, with the credit, with the liner credit. And are you liking it? Yeah, I love it. The show's great. It's really funny. It's not what anybody is expecting. So I'm really excited for the you know reactions to the first show like i'm so proud of what we're doing so i'm excited i mean ray's in the writers guild now so i'm venmo requesting her a thousand dollars every week it's great um she bought me a pizza this weekend it was, it was amazing <laughs> don't get me robbed out here marsha you telling people i got money <laughs> don't worry you know there's still a lot of debt to pay off girl you know girl <laughs> Um, and I have a big week coming up. So from Miss Andrew with Marsha and Ray fans, we have our first official live show coming up in Los Angeles this Friday, April 21st. Unfortunately, it's without Ray this time. She can't make it. But we will do a show in New York live with Miss Andrew with Marsha and Ray, which will be amazing. But this first show is Miss Andrew with Marsha in Los Angeles at the Lyric Hyperion Theater. And the lineup is incredible. It's pretty sick, dude. We have John Early and Kate Berlant, who just performed together on The Tonight Show. And they're like my favorite in the world. There's Mm -hmm. no one's funnier to me. They're so funny. We have Phoebe Robinson, who I love. She's a delight. Oh, my gosh. She just wrote the book, um, You Can't Touch Touch My my Hair. Hair. And um, she does two dope queens, two dope and queens, so many white guys. Yes, yeah, so many white and guys with Lana Glazer. An Amazon show. I can't remember the name of it now. She's like the oh, most. She's ex- writing for Portlandia. She's the most successful person I've ever heard of. <laughs> she's so successful. It's amazing. Um, we have Marcella Arguello, who's one of my favorite comedians in the world. I saw her at Knitting Factory last year. She is the most no nonsense woman that's ever lived. I love her. She's like, she makes me look like truly a guy's gal. No sarcasm. <laughs> I mean, she's so cool. Um, we have Sabrina Jalise, who is on Transparent this latest season. Mm-hmm. She is also just a phenomenal stand up. We have. Charles Lauriston, who um, she makes her own series, Clench and Release. I saw her like two years ago in New York. She's hilarious. I love her. And then we have Blair Saki, our friend, our gem, gem, who is on MTV's Ladylike. And it's funny because Blair is like basically bi-coastal. She goes back and forth between L.A. and New York all the time. Mm -hmm. And I always give her shit for it. And I've never this is my first trip to L.A. ever Mm -hmm. as a comedian. So this is exciting for me. And I she told me she texted me that she was going to be leaving L.A. the day that I was supposed to get there. Oh. And I was like, if you don't change your trip, I'll never talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> so she changed her trip and she extended it so that she can do my show. <laughs> and it, wonderful. it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to be in L.A. for a week doing a bunch of different shows. So you can see those on my website, marshabelski.com. 
So let's get into it. Let's get into the man hating. What a week for misandry. I mean, I just can't. The misandry stock prices are like through the roof. They are through the roof. Through the roof. It's 2017 and misandry is soaring. (laughs) Sorry, fellas. (laughs) Does that mean it's a bull market? I think so. It's a bull market. It's a cow market. Yes. We're we're women's. We're actually. Yeah. It's about to be worth nothing because it's worth so much. (laughs) (laughs) That's what misandry is. Oh my yes. God! Doesn't the mystery of the stock market <laughs> terrify and and amuse you? You know, I work with this twenty-year-old intern at my job, and I keep telling him that he literally doubles as my financial advisor because <laughs> this kid knows more about the stock markets and things like that than I know for a fact that I'll ever know. Yeah. I legitimately take advice from him. Like he checks the stocks every day. We're talking about betting on basketball, legal, legal gambling, <laughs> legal gambling, legal gambling. And like I said, I've never been paid under the table for anything in my for life. Nothing. And so I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I'll probably put twenty dollars on the Wizards. And he's like, oh, right. Yeah, I'm probably going to put about three thousand. I'm like human dollars. Yeah, you got three thousand. Yeah, you got three thousand. And, well. you know, this is the thing. If I do talk to men, they're they're helping me with money. <laughs> well, you know, that's like a really important thing, because uh, uh, one, I like I'm a girl and I'm a woman. Excuse me. I'm a grown ass woman. You're also one. Both. Um, but yeah, as a woman, I feel like there's not a lot of financial literacy, particularly among women of color. So I've been I, I've been going out of my way to like find um, online classes that I can take or whatever. So I actually just stumbled upon this place that I think I'm gonna try out, um, where it's just a one-on-one financial advisor who specializes in advising women. This is, oh my God, incredible. Yeah. Wait, is it a man though? No, it's a woman. Oh my God, thank God. I would not have done it. If there's a guy putting like a Craigslist ad on like one-on-one financial (laughs) advising, (laughs) women only. (laughs) Male feminist TM financial advisor. Oh my God. No, 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 I wouldn't fall for that nonsense. That's so smart because that's so true is that women, we have to get our money on point. Like if we're going... My militia needs to be funded, and yeah. it needs to be funded by women. Yeah. You know you what know? I mean? If ISIS can figure out how to get paid, we should figure it out, too. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, like, I think that's, like, super cool. Um, Some guy compared me to ISIS recently. Did I tell you that? No. <laughs> this guy came up to me, and he wanted to have, it was, like, you know, one of these, like, nice guys. And he was Nice like, guy TM. Quote, unquote, TM, trademark. <laughs> where you're like, press one to talk to a real person. <laughs> and they're not there. And, um... He was like, you know, do you ever like, I thought he was kidding at first. Like, do you ever think that like what you're doing is like, you know, just basically ISIS. And I was like, "Mm, first of all, if ISIS gets a half hour before me, I'm going to be be so pissed. (laughs) So mad. And Jihadi John gets to open in New Orleans. I know. Because that's the assumption too. It's like, first of all, you're assuming that I don't make it funny. (laughs) And ISIS, I don't, I don't hear a lot of people talking about how hilarious they are, but (laughs) I haven't heard ISIS's podcast, so I'm sure they but have also, one. What an extreme, like, what an extreme comparison. Mm-hmm. Like, ISIS is not just an ideology, right? There's literal. Right. And also, it's like, I'm not there yet. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. the goal is a huge network of militant women. But <laughs> unfortunately, my militia is like, what, 35 strong right now? <laughs> that's all I have. So it's like, I'm flattered by the Well, you know what? You need to be an early adopter of technology. That's where ISIS is winning. And so if you're up on the latest versions of iPhones, if you're you're scoping out the latest social network, 
Mm-hmm. You might be out there. This is the episode that's going to get us flagged <laughs> and banned. We'd like to tell the NSA that we are kidding, not about my militia, but about the ISIS part. And um, please, I know my name is Rafat Sani, and I oh, sound shit. like a Palestinian dude, but I'm just kidding. Well, this is a good segue, actually. So speaking of like playing characters, quote unquote, because obviously this whole killing men thing is not a bit. You know, this is <laughs> this is who we are. And. But Alex core. Jones was in the news today. Oh, God. Alex Jones, Donald Trump's confidant. And he was in the news because um, so he's trying to get custody over his children. And the opposite lawyers are using as the demonstration of his, his crazy of instability his as a parent. This is a man who has denied Sandy Hook happened, who has told parents who lost children in that shooting that their 15 minutes is up. Like literal. He says Obama is a literal demon. Yeah. Not like Antichrist. Most, most even the craziest evangelicals go, oh, it's figurative. Right. He literally thinks that Obama came here like as the antichrist and then failed because he's it didn't happen but it didn't happen what his lawyer is claiming because that's what (laughs) the the his i guess his ex-wife's attorney argued that and said this man is clearly not fit right to have custody of these children and his lawyer says on record that that is a character that Mm -hmm. he is playing Mm -hmm. and so those words he cannot be held accountable for in any way because that's a character. But to me, it's like, I feel like we get, I get so much shit, even though what I say is clearly a joke. And it's like, you don't have a, you know, it's not a joke. this is a parody account on your like whole crazy pair. No, it's not a joke. But also he like literally five minutes later was like, oh, it's not satire. He literally on tape five minutes later like contradicted what these guys can't even lie well that's what i don't respect about them if you're gonna be a liar lie well lie like ivanka lies (laughs) she actually does yeah you know what that's how ivanka could be the female voice in that administration figure out how to lie competently so lead you guys to do that shit and we're not going to talk about politics for long we're going to talk mostly about other stuff but i did want to say for the last bit before we move on from fucking agent orange is Ivanka, I love how they were trying to make it seem like humanizing Trump by saying that his Trump bombed Syria <laughs> because Trump because Ivanka wanted him to because Ivanka saw the picture of the children who were gassed that she wouldn't let into the country though mm-hmm. as refugees and felt so bad that she made her daddy bomb Syria. <laughs> That's hilarious because I hadn't even gone to that part. I didn't even think about that. Daddy, blow them up. It's not fair. Veruca Salt type shit. Oh, my God. For real. But I was kind of thinking of it like, okay. I want to bomb Syria now, Daddy. <laughs> um, I was thinking of it kind of like, okay, so the senile 70-year-old is um, is emotional. No, wait. It's, it's his almost 40 year old daughter who's emotional but he's still senile enough to be moved by his emotional daughter that's so true because the way that they tried to spin that because it it's 
Trump's allowed to be emotional, but not when it comes to war. No. That's when Republicans are like, no. And, when- and I'm kind of glad that that at least is the one place they put their foot down. Actually, John McCain was on Meet the Press and Chuck Todd was presenting this as if it was like a pointed question. He was mm-hmm. like, well, Donald Trump got in white in, into the White House saying that he was going to, uh, you know, drain the swamp. But now he seems to be very influenced by the Washington establishment. And then John McCain goes, I really hope so. I pray. I mean, he's influenced by anyone. That's yeah. what's crazy about this guy is that he talks to Obama. He goes, maybe I won't get rid of health care. He talks to the Republicans. Two seconds later, he goes, we got to get rid of health care. Yeah. Well, there's care. I've been I've been tracking this thing that a lot of people say that Donald Trump doesn't have non-object permanence, like a sense of non-object permanence. So literally, so, as soon as something is out of his line of sight, line of vision, it does not exist to him anymore. Mm hmm. And that makes the most sense. That's so true. Well, that's why I almost like I get mad because people always compare Donald Trump to a toddler. And I'm like, how dare you? My three year old nephew is the most well behaved, polite little boy you will ever meet in your life. And my five year old nephew is a much better liar. Exactly. That's the thing. They're even better at their sneak. Like Donald Trump's like a two year old who's such a bad liar that you're like, I know you're two, but I don't respect you. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like my nephew will be like, no, I didn't take your cookies, T-Ray. And I'm like, you literally have crumbs on your face. You're like, listen, kid, <laughs> you're not as funny as you think you are. And you're not cute either. <laughs> you know? Well, and that's what my aunt who has worked in schools for her whole life, you know, like 50 years is has worked in middle schools her whole life. And she is just like everybody I work with agrees. Donald Trump is a classic middle school boy. He has not progressed from that hmm. in every emotional, social way. His whole I won, you lost his whole everything that functions as his identity is a solid seventh grade boy. Not just a solid seventh grade boy, but he's literally performing what a seventh grade boy thinks a man is. Yes. Yes. All the hot girls, all the money. He's a seventh I'm, grade boy I, on like someone's shoulders. Yeah, in a trench coat. exactly. <laughs> Crazy. And, you know, none of this, this podcast isn't even going to matter because we're going to get nuked by North Korea. <laughs> no, but they, we won't because their bombs go like their bombs are going to go. <laughs> well, their bomb is going to go to Japan and then we have uh, to go there to Japan because we took away Japan's military and said we got your back and all the time. And desexualize them. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could get into that. Ugh, I just read these awful things about. Yeah, how like tentacle porn in Japan happened because this one General MacArthur was so sexually repressed himself and Christian that he decided single handedly during their small occupational period of Japan after World War Two to ban porn in all intercourse video entirely oh, yeah, that, from Japan. Is that Japan. why the Japanese blurred the penetration? Exactly. Oh wow! Because of know one that. prude Christian American. But doesn't that sound like? All of the governments. Yeah. Ours. Everyone's. The British and India. Imagine. I think the one thing is, is that if women ran the world, everybody would be having orgasms. So I it wouldn't so. be like it would be like men would be having better orgasms because they would realize that sex is better if women don't lie to you. <laughs> you well, know, that actually reminds me of uh, a little baby controversy that happened with the wonderful, wonderful Janelle Monet. Where, Love Janelle Monet. Well, so she wait. She was part of the controversy. She was. She was Don't the controversy. No, no, no. We'll forgive her. We'll give her talking to. We'll counsel her. And yes. She'll be Women forgiven. are perfect. Um. So she offered that we should listen strata men. 
Wait, we should do what? Lysistrata. So it's a it's a classic. Uh, adi- it's an attic Greek play. Okay. Where all the women in a town. I can't remember. I read this when I was in like I don't know drunk freshman in college. Uh-huh. Um, I read all a lot the women drunk in college. <laughs> right. Um, all the women in a te- in like warring states stop having sex with the men. Oh, Chirac. Yeah, that's what Chirac's based on. Okay. That's not ironic. Like Spike Lee said, I it's based, based on this. Yeah. Okay. So, one, it's absolutely ridiculous because... Like they wouldn't rape us. <laughs> I didn't even get there, but you're <laughs> so right. They would just take it. But one, it, it implies that women don't derive pleasure from sex. Right, that women don't derive pleasure from like we miss nothing besides giving them power. Exactly. And so we are performing sex to for their pleasure, and not their own, and not our own. Was the play written by a man? Probably. Of course. Of course, it was. I think it's like Aristophanes. I'm not sure because that's how men think. They're like, why don't women just stop fucking us? There's nothing in it for them. <laughs> exactly. That's the whole problem. That's the problem. You think it's like, nothing. why are you fucking women if you don't think there's anything in it for them? That's creepy. Yeah, you creep. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, so one, it assumes that, like, women, uh, women, you know, don't derive pleasure from, from heterosexual sex. And then also, it puts the onus, again, of men's violating behaviors on us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So she was saying that we should list strata men until they sort of re- learn to respect our reproductive rights and give us, like, reproductive autonomy. But it's like... Why do I have to sacrifice my my pleasure so that my abuser stops abusing me? Totally. It's like it it's so ridiculous. It's like it's um and it happens all the time when people tell you that you need to be more respectable or you need to protest the right way. It's like why would a why would a person who likes things the way that it is stop doing something? Well, I guess there's incentive if you think men are just like hound dogs who don't know how to control their libido and that's such a an indictment Which of like what sometimes. we think no they aren't i think they haven't been i think that they aren't naturally that way but i think that men aren't taught like women are over taught to control our sexual urges and men are taught you'll never have consequences so yeah you know which is the most contradictory and i guess because it's been happening for millennia paradoxical instead of contradictory thing that i can think of you literally shame us for doing the thing that brings you the most pleasure well that's the whole thing too we were talking about with the whole you know men blaming a woman for being beautiful and not taking her as seriously and saying you only got that because you're beautiful but then demanding beauty just for her to exist to exist in that space what's interesting about the janelle quote is that i can see myself accidentally say something like that and being misunderstood just in the way that this is one of those ways where I say if men didn't speak or listen to us I feel like conversations could be more productive in a way because when that gets out and you think about men interacting and you're like that's fucked up I derive pleasure but then on the other hand I see the nuance of I do get frustrated it's like that way of I never get mad when a girl fucks anybody because we all fuck fuck boys like there's Mm -hmm. nobody you know to judge another woman I think is wrong but in the same way I want to say to some of my girls who fuck the same loser four or five times like Mm -hmm. don't you know (laughs) and so it's hard because I think it's not let's all get together as a town and not fuck these men that's obviously crazy but I think there's that sort of like 
when you see women who do the like male apologist thing and they keep well, fucking. So where does the dep- where does the deprogram the where does the deprogramming happen? Yes, exactly. Because it's like every dude's a fuck boy. Really, they are. I I say I'm like. I have no problem, you know, I have nothing but respect for 0.5 to 1% of men in the world, <laughs> you know? And it's and it's not that they couldn't not be fuckboys. It's that they've been socialized to, again, like you said, not experience real genuine consequences or the things that we value don't require them to be decent to women. And that's what's hard when you talk to these guys, because, like, I had an argument with a friend of mine recently where it's like, you know you feel blamed individually because with race and gender and sexuality, that's what, that's why these, you know, white straight guys, I think feel so defensive in a way is because they say, I'm not racist. That is not an identifier of me. Therefore, nothing I do can be racist because racism is seen as a noun, right? Or like, you know, sexism is seen as a noun, a descriptor of somebody rather than just, man, you are that way and most of your friends are that way right. because you don't know, you know, why would you think this stuff? To be a man is to be absent of gender mm-hmm. and to be a white person is to be absent of race, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, like in functional ways. Right. So it's hard when you like you try and talk to guys, you're like, I'm not blaming you individually. Well, the thing is, you are blaming them individually and that's yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe is, that's what it is. The thing is, like, what? People need to understand is that there is no way that any of us who exist in a society that like promulgates like white supremacy and misogyny, homophobia um, is going to not touch that one special white dude. Or yes. That one black woman or whatever. We all absorb it. And when we're saying that you might not. You might not have more of it, but you've absorbed it the same way that we might have. And your practicing of it is more harmful than maybe some other people's. That's the only thing we're asking you to be cognizant of. I'm just saying to you, you white dude are practicing the same white supremacy that I learned, that everybody else learned. Mm -hmm. But... When you indulge in it, it's more painful because you're in a position of power. That's all we're saying. But they take it so personally. Like That's I completely d- what it is. That needs to be like put on a fucking plaque. We need to frame that because that's what it is. You're like, I'm not saying that you're the epitome of evil. Right. I'm saying evil is a thing that it's we are all a part of. Yeah. And so we have to examine our place in it. We all have to think on a daily basis. Am I doing wrong things? You yeah, know? they're like, I don't know. I'm sure you know, there's been this whole debate in the comedy scene um, about affirmative action or what I'm sure. Everyone Filling wished, quotas. Yeah, I'm sure everyone wished they could say affirmative action without getting punched in the face, but they mm-hmm. probably would. But like there's been this whole debate like white guys are saying I, I heard a podcast where a white dude said that um, not booking a straight white male because he's a straight white male is the literal definition of racism. And I was like, uh, uh, okay. But what they don't understand, they see 
they see a lineup where, first of all, they assume that anyone who's been booked that's not a white man has been booked for quota, which is right, the which is already racist, about, which is racist, which is already racist. But two, and this is the most insidious part of it to me, you are so goddamn greedy and racist that you think that everything is yours, and so the minute somebody else gets something, they're taking from you. When all we got was crumbs, it's a lineup with ten people. And there's eight white dudes and 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 one gay dude and one black girl, and now we're filling quotas. There's eight. 80% of you Well, and that's the thing fine. is that in some ways after a lot of fight, they're okay with those two token spots. But then to push back and say, we want more. We want more than just two token spots for the rest of us, right. quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And then that they say, now you're just trying to fill quotas. And you go, it's actually the opposite because right now the quota is 90% white dudes. And for some reason you can't have a show. Right. <laughs> and then and when guys say to me, well, you know, it's just in numbers, there's less women I go my whole brand is misandry whatever so I book mostly women because that's just what I like to do and it's like and then they'll accuse me they'll accuse me of like reverse sexism I had the best week of my life because the one straight man on the lineup lineup Twitter Twitter, account had this whole thing with me and it was like hilarious and then at the end he goes well you lost because you battled with a troll and I was like yeah I know I knew and you, you were but a also troll like you're a troll. you made your whole account you're a loser and it's like but they want to prove that these spaces that have been created because we've been left off of other lineups are reverse discrimination which really like you said is greed because then they say I'm not going to give you the mainstream spots and then when you create your own spaces I'm, I'm going to act them. like you're taking yeah. even more from exactly. me exactly exactly and like there's also this thing where they always like to do the funny is funny, funny is funny. And I'm like, well, let's talk about what you what funny is funny means, because, because there are a lot. That's what this guy tried to say. I'm like, you know, I've never heard of a lacking of mediocre white men in comedy. No. And then also just kind of like what shapes what you think is funny. Exactly. Because if you don't like the sound of a woman's voice, are you going to get past the high pitch to hear her material? You'll feel them. Or did you dismiss her off bat? You'll feel them tune out sometimes, especially when you first start and you're young. You'll feel them tune out. Whereas when the new guy gets on, they're like, I'm already thinking about, am I going to take this guy to the strip club? Am I going to take him out? Exactly. The the funniest way I've heard it described to me from the white male POV TM. Oh God. And this really, it's one of those things where you're like, I wish I never had to waste my brain to hear it, but it made things make sense to me in the worst way. Where this guy said to me, you know, Marsha, this is a non-comedian, of course. He said, you know, Marsha, white male comedians, I do think actually have it harder in a way because they can't talk about anything besides just like, you know, comedy and life. But, you know, when you're a woman, you can talk about being a woman. When you're black, you can talk about being black. And I said, why do you think that a black person talking about being black or me talking about being a woman is not life? And he goes, you know what I mean? No, I don't know what you mean. Exactly. I don't know what the fuck you mean. Exactly. When you talk about coming, that's because. Why is that my life? Okay. So I'm supposed to relate to you beating off, but you can't find it in you to like be to hear a joke about street harassment. Go suck a dick. Never had. I've never had like, you know, a white male comic who perpetually throws fits who I haven't seen fuck a stool. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've never seen it's never somebody who's confident in their material who has to then go out of their way to say you're taking from me. Yeah. It's the men who are scared they will lose their spots. Mm-hmm. And the thing is also on a on a lower but level. It's not, I just want to be clear, though. And I know that's not what you meant. It's not their spot. 
No, exactly. Exactly. When I say the spots they currently are getting that maybe yeah. they shouldn't be. And that's the thing, too. It's hard. It's like this cycle, too, where they say, I only want to book people with names, people that are already out there. But, but then they're those, all, people, those people are only out there because you have these either conscious or unconscious biases and you've limited access. So I was talking about like an incident in the comedy community with one of my friends and he was um, basically there was a charge of sexism and then it turned into a whole big thing. And um, my guy friend was articulating for me why, how she went about um, calling people out was more offensive than what she said. And I said, that is nonsense, because if she says calmly, that's really sexist the way you booked it. He the person she was talking to would have just been like, oh, shut up. That's not true. Mm -hmm. So what other recourse does she have besides making a lot of noise? Mm -hmm. So she makes a lot of noise and then you dismiss the argument because you don't like her method. But if she had gone about it the right way, you still wouldn't have listened. It's the riot versus respectable protest approach. Respectability politics. I'm not saying that what she did was right because like there was a lot of like personal disrespect that went down that I wasn't cool with. But like like, if I don't call out your sexism publicly, when I go to you privately, you're going to dismiss me. We've had this conversation before. And gaslight. And, and gaslight. And, and funny is funny when you don't talk to women unless you're fucking them. Exactly. Or like funny is funny and you only, all you do is like rub up against white dudes you want to impress. So it's like, it's like. Well, and it automatically undermines you too, where they say funny is funny, which the implication is you're not, not funny. funny. Well, and what I've noticed too is that and it, you're always doing, men always want to tell you how you're doing feminism wrong. wrong. Oh my God. They used to tell me before, like, you know, before they used to tell me and when I would actually listen to their criticism, like we were talking about, when we would still give too much of a shit about these yeah. white guys opinions because unfortunately it does hold so much more merit and consequence on our yeah, careers. You're, and you're stuff. raised that way. So, so for me, the thing was that they said, you know what? Don't complain. Make it funny. Don't complain. Make it funny. So then I made it funny. Mm-hmm. I made feminism and all this anger I had and everything I felt. I tried to make it funny. I tried to but literally if- never say anything without a punchline. And then even when I made it funny, they say, you're doing it wrong. And if I could just change your joke a little bit, I wouldn't say kill all men. I would say, oh you know what I mean? But then look, even that. What is stand-up comedy except for complaining? Exactly. It's literally well, and this you is, deciding that you have a complaint about something. This is a fight in terms of the thing, too, and sort of like, I don't talk about, I just talk about life. I had a fight recently with a guy where he said, you know, life sucks, don't complain. And I said, that's funny because you complain just as much as me, if not more. And he said... I complain about people complaining about comedy and sometimes about being broke. And I said, right, because those are the things that affect you. (laughs) The things that affect me are being a woman, being a woman in comedy, being a human. And also don't complain literally means that the United States of America does not exist. I mean, same guy said literally, quote, I don't see gender. So I can't even. So what are you fucking at night? You don't. What 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 are you doing? Don't see, you don't see gender. So is, oh, he, are you straight? I, do you not identify? Or as Are you a, fucking test dummies? What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't see de- gender. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, because you know he would flip out if you even implied that, that he, he was, was sexually interested in anything besides women. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, one of the I'm I'm 
I'm actually, you're doing feminism wrong, is I saw somebody say, um, I saw somebody say, uh, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to talk to women differently because his, his delivery was wrong about something and his friends were trying to articulate for him that a right. woman might feel threatened by you. When they say, I won't make adjustments and give you, that's where the whole, you want special privileges for being an other. And that's, and the thing is, it's discounting and. And it's a useless thing to say I yell at men and women equally means one, you're an asshole because you're yelling at everybody. (laughs) And two, and two, it's like, well, you can't just say, oh, they want to be treated equal. Now everything is the same. If I tell you, you're not allowed to value the color green more than you call than you value the color blue. Am I supposed to just treat green like it's blue now? Yes. That's absolutely ridiculous. Exactly. What you're supposed to be doing is not pretending differences don't exist. It's accommodating and valuing those differences equally. Now, you are, would be a fucking idiot to be like, to, to act as if the male part of the population isn't, generally speaking, bigger than the female population. Mm-hmm. So for you to be cognizant of your size and the depth, like the deepness of your voice when you're talking to a woman is not anti-feminist or some faux chivalry. It's literally about physical differences and accommodating a sense of danger. Oh, and if you can push me into, if you can like push me with one finger and toss me to the ground, it's not equality. Mm -hmm. You need to respect me and wreck. And part of that respect is taking in who I am. I'm smaller than you. Yeah. You don't get to intimidate that way. Well, that's one thing that's like pisses me off too, is I've seen men doing material or just like talking about this, like, a girl crossed a street when I was walking. Can you believe it? It's like, I'm not going to hurt you ladies, you know? And it's like, okay, but I don't have any evidence that you wouldn't because literally exactly. everything i you teach me that my father tells me not to fuck with y'all. And so it's my the, own daddy. It's the lose, a man lose. is the man. A man is the one who told me not to be around men. It's the lose, lose like the, like the beauty thing. It's like, they say it's your responsibility to stay safe from men, but I'm going to teach you that all men are dangerous no matter what you exactly. do. Exactly. You know, it's, it's that's why I say mace ridiculous. every man you see <laughs> mace every man you see ladies. If you see a man trying to eat food or consume water, Slap it out of his hand and throw it as far away <laughs> as possible. Unless he's Russell Westbrook, my love. Just Aww. recover from that game, and we we got your back. We got, <laughs> we got your back, you. boo. Um, so handsome. He's so. But beautiful. it's true. I, it is this thing that happens where it's like men are your allies, quote unquote, and then they act like you've lost me, and it's your own fault. And I love this idea of like, has feminism gone too far now that it's critiquing me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you're like, has it? has it (laughs) um all right so we'll get back to some more current topics so Mm -hmm. this was obviously a huge week with united airlines we have to talk about a little bit we won't talk about we don't even have to talk about the video because it's gruesome it's terrible but for some reason i just want to talk about the united's leggings policy (laughs) because that really bothers me like so this whole thing happened a few months ago where united kicked a 10 year old girl off of a flight 
for wearing leggings that they deem to be too sexually suggestive. And this goes back to the double standard where it's men telling you don't sexualize yourself, but no matter what you do, I'm I'm going to sexualize sexualize you. Even if you are 10 10 years years old and the daughter of my employee. And that's what it was. They said it's just because he was an employee. We felt like it was totally inappropriate. It's like you don't have to dress up to get on a plane, even if your dad is an employee. Like I've never heard sweetie since you're flying and i'm an employee dress up i've had friends whose parents work for airlines they don't Mm -hmm. dress up to go on the plane they wear sweatpants you know leggings are just sweatpants and but also just kind of like this is not the first time anything like that has happened you'll see these buxom girls get banned from prom because they're dressed they developed and it's like well teacher don't fucking look at that 14 year old's dress oh i had i had a teacher in middle school who told the girls that we couldn't wear red because it distracts the boys and in the set we had like a reading half hour in this like class and the boys were allowed to bring in car magazines and things like that, but women were not allowed to bring in quote unquote girly magazines wow. because they had sexually provocative pictures that wow. might provoke the men. So then my friend Leanne, oh, I shouldn't say her name, but she won't care. She developed early and we were like in middle school and she wore a red shirt to school as is legally allowable. <laughs> and this teacher pulls her out of the classroom, no gets her in a trouble. Female teacher? Female teacher. Wow. Female teacher. And that internalized misogyny shit is. Oh, and this same teacher, I'll never forget. We had a lecture. This must have been seventh or eighth grade. And I was living in Oklahoma. This is public school in Oklahoma where I had a lot of very strange experiences, both with Christianity and gender stuff, usually related. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) this she said, a woman will never be the chess champion because the way that women's brains work. Wow. We only use both sides of our brains in uh you know women can multitask and women only use oh, both sides God. of our brain whereas men can isolate the right and the left brain better and wow. no shit this was before the internet no shit there was this like super genius nerdy girl in our class and she raises her hand and she goes miss Cullum, a woman is the chess champion <laughs> <laughs> And she just had to fucking eat, eat it. crow. Yeah. Like it was, but it was like, she was like, well, I'm going to look that up. And then the next day we were like, did you look it up? And she like, wouldn't talk about no, it. Cause no. we knew we were right. That's, um, that's like, it's just so frustrating because like it's, 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 I have a whole theory about this and I, 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 I think it's biblical, but it's just like men think that they're the superior gender and they're, angry at them and us for being for them being weak enough to want the weaker gender that's so true and so then they say all these things about how we provoke how we trick that whole samson and delilah story is literally mapping out how men regard women who have the audacity to be pretty and care about how they look and like it and then the it's literally she takes his strength from him mm-hmm. and it's because he gave a fuck about a woman and it's like it's so frustrating right like to be reduced to these tricksters or these like sneaky vixen types completely femme fatale or uh, yeah one it's frustrating too because I feel like as women they're like your identity is not complete unless you have a man. And they tell a man like, don't let her get you. Your identity will be fractured. If you ever let a woman fully in, she is only your support system. But if you see her as an equal, she will break you. Yes. It's, it's wild. It's wild. It's It's sad. It's, it's misogyny does a number on men. 
mm-hmm. like I mean I don't want because the damage is done to women and queer people more than more than right. Anybody. It's hard when you want to fix men and then it ends up too often the narrative the, the, be taking the, over the, for the them. victimization of the abuser. Yeah. And I'm not with that because, you know, like just a, a big debate that's happening on black Twitter at the moment is, um, you know, the guy from Cleveland, Steve Stevens. Yes. He uh, apparently on Facebook Live shot a, uh, a an older black man to death because he was having um, some kind of rage episode or psychotic break because his mother, how typical, both mommy and the girlfriend mm-hmm. stopped talking to him. And, and this is also this also Sam Bernardino, the woman who was killed there was, was by her. an abusive husband. She was trying to leave. Right. Yeah. But the distinction between those two is and the debate that's happening on black Twitter right now is there is a contingent of black uh, Twitter that is offended at black women or black feminists saying black men got to stop fucking with us Mm. because they're saying he didn't even kill a woman. And how do you know he's not mentally ill the way that other people are granted mentally ill, mental illness. And it's, but it's like, it's so frustrating because this happens over and over, particularly in the black community and for black women. We have to eat abuse because we got to fix the black man first. We got to save our black men from racism. So, and we're all all of our hands are in on that problem so we don't get to address the intra-racial problems that happen. Right. Black women get killed at higher rates than pretty much every other dem- demographic in the country by their intimate partners. But we're not allowed to say that in public because we don't want you to stereotype our men. As it's violent. Like, like when Chris Brown... Um, like when Chris Brown first got in trouble for beating Rihanna, I thought he was an animal. I still think he's an animal. Mm-hmm. But when that Jenny high five bitch Said on Twitter, I lost it because you're not going to do that. And I don't know if that's the right response. Well, and it's like John Lennon was an abuser, but yeah. they're they're going to they're they gonna target him. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying I mean, 70 women is way too much. But the glee with which Amy Poehler and Lena Dunham and everybody went after Bill Cosby and then motherfuckers is in Woody. Woody, Woody, I don't even know Alan, his name. Yeah, yeah. that I, makes me furious because it is. It's the hypocrisy of and, like, this, and I don't want. Well, an artist is an artist unless it's it's a, a black, black athlete or a black. But artist, the thing yeah. is, I don't want to get into the business of excusing black male behavior just because it doesn't make me feel good to watch. That's when so it's lose lose for it's, women. It's exactly. It's very frustrating. And so this conversation that's happening on black Twitter at the moment is there are all these black men getting mad at the black women for not addressing the mental illness in the man. But even if we accept that, let's say he's a black man who had a psychotic break and needs to be allowed the benefit of the doubt of a snapping like mental severe mental illness. We still live in a society such that even in his in his break, he knew that the target of rage needed to be women. Mm-hmm. Even like we exist in a society. In all these mass murders. In all these mass murders. So you're, yes, you're mentally ill, but we live in a society that has taught you so much a certain way that your mental illness manifests in danger to women. And it's been triggered almost quite literally. It's like, 
It is. It's it's the way where you're taught to swallow the nuance because people are going to pervert the discussion. And it is horrible because I saw racist white people on Twitter responding to that article. You know, people saying men are violent. Wow, men are violent. And they say, you mean black, black men. men. There we go. Because it's white men who are trying to act like, whereas historically white men are more violent than black men. You know, it's like, don't make comparisons, whatever. But like, they are. They have more they toxic have masculinity. And they also have institutional Exactly. They have the power, power of the institution. They, they have the power to hide from the consequences. So then they try to put the focus on the way that this toxic that masculinity affects. Yeah. Right, exactly. And then it's like, but then the ultimate burden gets placed on black women women. because you suffer both levels of patriarchy, the silencing and the actual abuse. It's that's what you say. That's when you're trying to explain, you know, like when people the word intersectional has almost become such a buzzword. But when you say oppression is layered, it's intersectional. You know, it's like there's no oppression Olympics, but you have to recognize the ways in which somebody is doubly oppressed, triply oppressed because they're suffering all angles from it. Mm -hmm. You know, the silencing and the abuse and the questioning, you know, and like you said, like we were talking about with um, with uh, Get Out or whatever, where it's just or just being left out of the narrative completely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, and then I have privilege. I'm a sh- straight white. I'm a straight. No, God, I've been hanging out with you too long. I'm a straight. <laughs> Are you a straight woman. white woman? Oh my God. It might have <laughs> just happened. I got to take this African headband off. Um, There's 10 white women here, and I've made Ray take seven <laughs> pictures with them. I wore a headband today because I knew I was going to have to take a picture with a white woman, and normally I don't allow it. But uh, I, I, we had to do it for the podcast. And so this was this headband that you'll see in the picture is to demonstrate that i am not pleased yes no and i hope that you guys are enjoying episode three of my black friend ray um (laughs) marcia and my black friend ray that's that's what the podcast is called you could also just rename it ben carson anyway (laughs) we gotta get out of here we do so should we end on i'll end on maybe a quick rant would that be good okay sure is that good or should i not should we end on something positive what are all men dead yes so let's imagine a world let's meditate i would like to guide our listeners through a meditation take a deep breath in take a deep breath out letting go of the existence of men as you walk through the world their voices sickening you their presence alarming i want you to remind yourself they will not be here for long (laughs) all right soon freedom of speech will only be for us ladies Soon, we will handcuff ourselves to every woman in solidarity across the world and rise up with my militia. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great when we actually get a coup? It's going to be fun. I don't really like, you know, sweat and stuff like that. And I'm not that good at fighting because I have no upper body strength, but I'm working on it. You know what I mean? You know, if you if you recognize your flaws, you compensate for them. So I got long legs. I can kick people. You can kick people like I'm doing couch to 5K. So I'm like really (laughs) getting in shape for the militia. I'm going to be really in it, you guys. I'm I'm literally about to join a gym and I'm going to take the fuck out of some ballet bar classes. Yes. Work the fuck out of that. And then you'd be like, can we add a gun in here? Like, can we like get a gun just to like sort of feel it for the choreography purposes? Um, So we'll end it on 
Come see Miss Sandra with Marsha live in L.A. John Early, Kate Berlant, Phoebe Robinson, Sabrina Jalise, Marcella Arguello. So many more. Yes. Uh, I'm so I, excited. I'm so mad I can't be there. I'm so mad you can't be there. But next time, Ray's going to be there. And email us with any comments and questions. We did get an email once and that I said something about yeah. it was like. This guy emailed us. Our email is misandry with Marsha and Ray at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at misandry with MR. Um, and everything else, the handle is just our full podcast name. A man emailed us. Do you think there will be problems with the matriarchy in all honesty? And yeah, but you don't need to undermine yet. Right. And also the thing is, is like, A, no, there won't be. And B, let's just try it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, I agree. Um, You can uh, find me. Uh, you can't find me. It'll be very creepy. Find Shut up her. to my job. Uh, but uh, once again, uh, the the president show. I have to promote it because it hasn't premiered yet, and I need have to. to. Get rid of it. So April twenty seventh at eleven thirty p.m. on Comedy Central. I'm really excited for you to see it. And I do stand up all around New York City. And uh, so just go to my website, Ray Sani R A E S A W N I dot com. See Ray, if you think she's smart, she's funnier than she even is smart, which is somehow unfathomable. She's like, <laughs> oh, that's very generous of you. Ray is one of the best stand-up comedians ever, 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 that's heavy, girl, ever that I've ever seen. And I don't watch men. Um, <laughs> never seen a male perform comedy, which is great for me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the President Show is going to be incredible. And if you don't watch it, you're going to feel foolish because you're missing. Brilliant incredible. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, so thank you guys for hanging with us. Yes. See me live on Friday in LA and we'll be back soon with a guest. Love you. Bye. Bye. <coughs> Do not mansplain me or mansplain me. Miss <laughs> <laughs>